Welcome to the Iron 31 Podcast, where we crave God's word to help us restore to our original design and confidently navigate through our womanhood. In this little corner of the internet, we will touch on nearly every aspect we face as women and learn how to charge the front lines with God's truth. We want you to take a seat with us as we hope to bring light to your life through our powerful, encouraging, and convicting conversations. Welcome, sister. We are so grateful you are here. Welcome back to our five-part series as we take a deeper look into the book of Nehemiah. Last podcast episode, we dove into chapter one of Nehemiah, and guys, it is only 11 verses, and there is just so much to unpack. Chapter two is very, very similar. It is a little bit longer, 20 verses in chapter two, but there is just, I just have so much written down that I wanted to share today, so hopefully I cover it all. Hopefully it doesn't sound like rambling. I just get really excited when we can go to scripture and it just like speaks directly to us. Cause it, it, that's exactly what it does is it, it's like, it reads our mail. It reads what we're going through. The Bible reads us when we are reading it. So if you are looking for direction in your life, if you are frustrated and you don't understand where life is headed, I highly recommend that you just take it to the Bible I've never done, actually, I don't know if I have ever done the whole like flip it open and just read what's flipped open to you and see if the Lord speaks to you. If I have done it, I I don't obviously do it often. Um, But I mean, that's how I feel about the Bible. I feel like you can literally just flip anywhere and read something. And as long as you are going into it with an open heart to receive from the Lord, receive instruction and correction from the Lord, I do believe um, that the Bible just speaks to our specific situations. Um, But one thing that I said that I have been struggling with here recently is flipping the Bible open with an open heart ready for direction and correction. We oftentimes, I talk about this in our last episode too, that we'll just open the Bible and just do it because it's on our routine or that we've set a goal, something that we have told ourselves are going to do. We're going to read through the Bible the whole year. So we have to open our Bible. We have to get it done, right? We just check it off. But what we don't do is we, we, often will stray away from opening our Bible with an open heart of correction and direction, because this is how the Lord truly speaks to us. If you are, I always thought that still was harsh. Like if you're not hearing from the Lord, then you're not opening your Bible. But man, it's true. Like if now there are times where we'll walk through seasons of like, we're, we're in our Bibles, we're still struggling hearing from the Lord. And a lot of times that is a heart issue or a heart that needs healed or a heart that's bitter or a heart that's closed off. Um, but many times if we are looking to hear from the Lord, all we need to do is just open our Bibles and it may be brief. It may be something very quick. It may be just a one liner that we hear from the Lord. Um, but this truly is the gateway to hearing his voice. And I just want to encourage you if you're struggling reading the Bible, if you're struggling getting into the habit of it, I highly recommend getting to the root of why, um, sometimes it can be a routine thing. Sometimes it can just be finding, um, a routine in your mornings of when you are opening your Bible, but oftentimes it is a heart stance that we have to have transformed to want to desire to open the Bible, to want nothing else out of our mornings except to hear from the Lord. And that can take you know a while to have that heart transformation happen, or that can that can take a while to walk into that discipline. Um, and and that's okay. I, I just encourage you to keep showing up, keep doing it, even when the enemy says that things are more important, or that your to do list is more important, that social media is more important, because there is nothing more important than hearing from the Lord before we go out into the world each day. Um, So that's exactly what we're going to do. 
We're gonna dive into chapter two of Nehemiah. If you have not already, I highly encourage that you pause this episode, come back to it, and go back to the episode that we just did um, that is called Seeing the Lord Through the Unexpected. And that just really covers chapter one and it really backs up what we're gonna talk about here today. So as we dive into chapter two, what we want to talk about today, that the theme of today is seeing the Lord through our fears and our opposition. Now, the reason I bring this up is because there can be fear and opposition tied to literally every aspect of our life, whether that's our health journey, whether that's our career, whether that's our motherhood, whether that's our um, ability to be a wife, whether that is our ability to be in relationship with others, there oftentimes is fear and opposition attached to it because these are what we can gain fruits from in our lives. So the enemy wants to try to strip those from us. Um, so we're going to talk today about how Nehemiah is such an example of how he handled fear and opposition during a time of unexpected and tragedy and hurt. As we open up to Nehemiah chapter two, it's important that we really observe what the writer is doing here. And the writer is pointing out what all is important in the scripture. And it's oftentimes things that we will just kind of skim over. So the writer says at the end of chapter one, at the time I was the king's cupbearer. So the writer is Nehemiah and he's explaining to us that he is the king's cupbearer. And one thing we mentioned in our last episode is that a king's cupbearer was like a very, very trusted individual, not only with the king's life, but also um, times where uh, the king may need like a sounding board. So the cupbearer is a very, very prestige position in royalty. Um, but then it goes on in chapter two. It says, during the month of Nisan in the 20th year of king of a name I cannot personally pronounce. Um, so what it's doing here is it's actually, yes, it's showing us a timeline, but what's most important is that we recognize the timeline of Nehemiah's praying. So in the beginning of chapter one, it says during the month of Shislev in the 20th year. And then chapter two says during the month of Nisan in the 20th year. So this just gives us a depiction of how far these happened apart. And it was about four months. So from the time that Nehemiah received the news of the destruction in Jerusalem to the time that Nehemiah took his first action on it was four months. And that four months was filled with just grieving prayer, fasting, and hearing from the Lord, weighing into the Lord, running to the Lord, asking the Lord, but also receiving back from the Lord. So he went to prayer to ask, but he also went to prayer to receive. And it just shows us a great depiction of how long it took Nehemiah to take his first action because he wanted that release from the Lord. Because Nehemiah knew that this was a mission that he was on, not a mission that he had. And it just just happened to invite the Lord into. This is the Lord's mission. So Nehemiah wanted to go about it in the exact way the Lord wanted him to. And um, further on, it says, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence. So this is because this is a very socially unacceptable aspect of being the king's cupbearer. When you were in the presence of the king, it showed them honor to be happy, joyful, knowing that like their presence is the greatest thing in your life at that moment. And Nehemiah expressed sadness. So Nehemiah knew that like he was either going to be kicked out, beheaded, sent away, or asked what's wrong. Who knows? Who knows if your life, you know, you could be asked what's wrong or you could die. You know, it's just one or the other. Um, and so it says, I'd never been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, why are you sad when you aren't sick? 
This is nothing but sadness of heart. So the king does recognize it. And this just shows right here, we can just read over that line, we can read over his response, but we have to understand like what big of a deal this is. The king not only asking Nehemiah, but asking him with care and empathy or sympathy towards what Nehemiah is feeling. This is huge because this just, this is the first proof of prayer. This right here, this sentence, the way the king reacted, because he could have reacted in such a way that was like off with his head, but instead he's coming in to Nehemiah, Nehemiah's emotion with concern. And this again, is just proof that the Lord had, had transformed the king's heart for this very moment. And, um, the next sentence says, I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king. Now, again, this is just a scripture that we can just simply walk right over, keep going, keep reading. But this is so powerful. I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king. This was not, I was overwhelmed with fear, so I left. This was not overwhelmed with fear, so I kept quiet. This was not overwhelmed with fear, so I didn't say anything. This was, I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king. This should be so eye-opening for us as readers of this scripture because how many times on the other side of that comma is a so or a but. I was overwhelmed with fear to start my fitness journey, to take actions on my health, to go after the career, to go back to school, to be a mom, to be in a relationship. I was overwhelmed with fear, so I didn't. No, Nehemiah shows us the importance of, but also the empathy of feeling fear. He shows us he, we empathize with him of the fear that he's feeling and the fear that we feel in our life, but he exemplifies how we should act on that fear. He exemplifies it with an and. I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king. Nehemiah could have just left. He could have just dismissed himself. He could have just cheered up and put on a face and said, I'm not sad. What are you talking about? No, he knew that this was his time and his first action to take in the mission that the Lord was calling him to, to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. So within his fear, the, I love how the Bible does this. Like they put <laughs> humans that we can relate to. These aren't like, I think oftentimes we can read the Bible and think that these are like superheroes or like characters that didn't exist or just examples. But like these are true people with the same emotions, fears, doubts, flesh that we have today. But we see that through their flesh, or despite of their flesh, I should say, they still were obedient to the Lord because they knew that his power was greater. So again, I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king, may the king live forever. Why should I not be sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and gates have been destroyed by fire? So he tells the king he's upfront and honest. The point that I want to bring out here is there are times where we just straight out wear our emotions on our face. We're a woman. I mean, it is just <laughs> inevitable. Like how many times have our husband came in? What's wrong? I'm fine. Like <laughs> we know he knows and you know, you ain't fine. The same way with close friends, parents, like everyone knows that you ain't fine. Even though you say any fine, you ain't fine. And Nehemiah did not respond with a, I'm fine. No, he was very transparent and vulnerable. But, um, what, I want to say when we are having someone come to us or we're going to someone for advice, we have to be aware of two things. And this is just a quick snippet and then we'll get back into it is it's important that we don't shop for advice. Um, a lot of times if we are looking for advice in our situations, we will shop for advice until we get the advice that we want to receive. 
So it's important that we do have very specific mentorship in our life. So if you do not have um, that specific mentorship, I, I really encourage you to pray for it. I encourage you to pray that the Lord brings that mentorship into you. I pray that the Lord opens your eyes because that mentor may be right in front of you, but um, because of fear or because of embarrassment or shame or something may be keeping you from having conversations with that person. Um, so don't shop for advice until you find the one, the advice that you want and don't put problems on other people. What I mean by this is don't, I, I, what I don't mean is putting problems on other people as you're speaking about it. What I do mean is, is don't put the problem on other people that you are speaking about. So when we're coming to someone or we're upset about something, it's important that as we are talking, that we're not creating gossip, that we're not creating um, <clears throat> a perspective of another person when that person is not present. Now, it is okay if you have vulnerable places, obviously have that space to just talk freely, but the goal of um, someone who is coming to you asking if you're okay should be for life-giving advice, should be for that nurture, um, and it shouldn't just harvest gossip. So just wanted to point that out, that Nehemiah, he was very honest in what he said, but what he could have said is, um, he could have blamed the people that tore down the walls. He could have blamed the people that brought them to destruction. He could have blamed the rulers for not doing anything about it. Um, but what he did is he said, this is why I'm sad. And then it goes on to say, then the king asked me, what is your request? And this next line, help me, Lord. I know I need to do this more. When someone, when I'm in the conversation with someone and I've caught myself um, doing it in dire times of need in a conversation with someone. It says, in response to what is your request, it says, so I prayed to the God of heavens and answered the king. So let's pause right there again. And what I want to bring up is prayers do not have to be elaborate. Prayers do not have to be just this like Romeo and Juliet script from Shakespeare. Like the king literally asked him a question. It says, Nehemiah prayed and then he answered. So we know that Nehemiah just didn't be like, hang on, I'll be right back. I know you answer, I knew you were going to ask that, but I still, I need like 30 minutes, to like go and pray to how to answer that. No, the king has already transferred the, the transformed the king's heart or sorry, the Lord has already transformed the king's heart. The Lord has already given um, Nehemiah the bravery to speak and the vulnerability to tell him what he needs. So Nehemiah knows that this is his moment. This is his moment in time. He cannot delay it any longer. Not that he delayed it, but he cannot delay it because he needs to go and pray for 30 minutes. No, what, ne what this probably is depicting is that Nehemiah literally just said, help me, Lord, or tell me what to say, Lord, or give me the words to say, Lord. And there's just so many times that we as humans need to do that more like in a time of frustration, in a time we get upset, it is just so easy to spout off or I'll be in my shower later like, oh, I should have said that man, why didn't I say that? And so many times we do this because we, we go after what um, we, we want to be right or we want to have the last word or we want to sound smart in what we say. No, like Nehemiah literally in that moment in a, uh, just a second said, probably said something along the lines of help me Lord. And then he answered. So if you are feeling like you aren't good at praying or you struggle with praying uh, in this moment, Nehemiah probably said three to five words. So I want to encourage you with that. Like your prayers don't need to be elaborate. They can be three word prayers. There's a season in my life where I, I challenge myself to do very specific three word prayers. And it really taught me how to talk to the Lord throughout the day. Because I used to have this depiction of like prayer of like 
I'm in my prayer closet and there's worship music playing and it's just this movement of God and um, it's such an intimate setting. And although those are, I'm not mocking those because those are like really powerful moments. But what I am saying is that we oftentimes will um, almost idolize how prayer looks rather than worship the ones with fewer words in the moment that we need the prayer. And uh, the, the biggest takeaway from this part of, of scripture is we have to pray more throughout the day. If we prayed more, if, if a little bit of God's people prayed more throughout the day, the world truly would be a better place because more people would get to experience God's light, God's people, um, the righteousness of God, the glory of God, the joy of God. Um, and there would be less conflict. There would be less trouble. There would be less drama. There would be less, less gossip and more problems such as this would be getting solved in the Lord's ways. So don't feel like your prayers have to be elaborate. Don't feel like they um, have to sound like a Shakespeare, you know, script. Um, I do encourage you, like, test yourself in praying more three to five word prayers throughout the day as Nehemiah did. But what's really cool is that the next portion, it says, what, what is your request? Well, Nehemiah, Nehemiah already knew what he needed because of prayer, not because of what Nehemiah thought he needed, but because of what the Lord told him he needed in prayer. So Nehemiah was able to actually answer very specifically. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor with you, send me to Judah and the city where my ancestors are buried so that I may rebuild it. The king with the queen seated beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you return? So I gave him a definite time and it pleased the king to send me. So Nehemiah was able to say what he needed. He was able to see the, say the time that it was going to take him. But then what's even crazier is that Nehemiah then goes on and says, okay, I appreciate you sending me, but I also need your help. I also need your permission to cross the borders. And oh, can you also fund this? <laughs> like, man, no wonder he had to pray for four months to transform the king's heart to get ready for this conversation. So we go back to the beginning of chapter one when Nehemiah first found out about this. If he would have went immediate to, to the king to ask for not only permission to leave, but also um, help in a way to cross borders by the king writing out permission for Nehemiah to cross borders, but also for asking the king to help fund it. Like the answer probably would have been no. I don't know the king. I, don't, I mean, I don't know him personally. So maybe the answer would have been yes. But this just goes to show that when the Lord is asking us to wait, there are reasons why that we are not seeing, but we just have to trust because Nehemiah could have easily just take an action because he had the passion, he had the purpose, he had the grieving heart over it. But there are things in your life, sister, that are probably happening that you may never see, that you may never know was happening in your delay. So this just proves that there are power in delays and that the most important thing that we can do in our delays is pray. And a lot of times we'll look at these seasons as like, oh, time's just sitting still, nothing's happening. I don't understand why momentum isn't happening. The Lord just is working in ways that we may never understand or see, and we have to trust that. And that's exactly what is happening in this scripture. Um, it happens throughout other books in the Bible, throughout other delays that didn't really make sense to the character. And it could have been so easy for Nehemiah to just get frustrated or try to take matters into his own hands, but the outcome would have been much, much different, or there may not have been an outcome at all. If you were in a transition season, keep praying to the Lord to keep moving in ways that you are not seeing, that you know that there are things at hand that may not make sense to you, that you may never physically see, 
but pray that they keep moving, pray that hearts keep transforming and pray for the Lord's timing um, to come over the entire situation. Um, so I just want to encourage you with that, that there, there is purpose in the delays. And sometimes that purpose is for our own healing. And sometimes it's for another person's transforming. Um, and we just, we know that the, we have to know that the Lord knows best and we cannot always lean on our own understanding. The next part of Nehemiah talks about the physical action. So we have Nehemiah's first action where he goes to the king, takes a extreme amount of bravery, but now we are actually starting to see the mission unfold. And in part of the scripture, it says, then I went. And this is so powerful. And again, another scripture that we can just kind of walk over or read over and not think anything about it. But how many times do the then I wins not happen in our own story? How many times do we have a vision? Do we have a dream? How many times do we have a passion for something that we may pray for and we may take a little baby tiny step, but then we never actually follow through because of the fears of what may happen because of um, something we feel unsafe in or opposition that we made occur. Um, a lot of times, and I have to call myself out in this, well, we will make a plan or we'll make a to-do list or we'll write out a dream or we'll map out a dream and it stops there because it gave us the dopamine hit that we were kind of searching for. It's like, oh, this sounds great. I'm excited. This is really exciting to think about. But then it stops there. We cannot continue to idolize or um, cope with the dopamine that we are after. There's so many things in our lives that we do just to get that dopamine hit, that pleasure sense, and then we just stop there and then we don't see the follow through. So this scripture where it says, then I went, this shows us the importance of obedience. Not only was Nehemiah obedient in prayer, not only was he obedient in approaching the king, but he was obedient in carrying out the mission at hand. And this is where we can get caught up. This is when we get into those cycles of repeat. This is when we get into those cycles of chaos or cycles of frustrations. We get caught in the pleasures of planning rather than the obedience and doing. Um, but then the next part kind of just runs together. But what's really cool is that <laughs> Nehemiah is on the way to Jerusalem. He gets to Jerusalem and when he gets there, he still delays. He delays the mission. He waits three days until he actually takes action. And there's importance in this. Um, it says that he entered through the valley and then at night, um, when no one knew where he, where he was, he took a scope of the city and he saw the broken down walls, the, the broken, the burned down gates at hand. And this is so symbolic to, um, to our own walls that we may have broken or to our own, uh, foundations that we may have. Like, what if someone did a three day search around us? What would they see? What walls would they see broken down? What what gates would they see burned down? And these are truly the places that are the most vulnerable to attack, fears, doubts, and insecurities. So we can have those people in our lives that, you know, call us out for things that are wise counsel. And it's very important that we are not resistant to it, but it's also important that we are not just constantly surrounded by people who are just blatantly criticizing us in our lives with no... Um, with no assistance on how to build ourselves to restructure our foundations. So going back, Nehemiah is seeing these gates broken down for the first time. And what we can take away from this, even though Nehemiah had vision on his heart, passion on his heart, purpose on his heart, he did not let his vision become boasting. And he also did not let his urgency become uncontained in what's supposed to be God's timing. 
And what I mean by that is that when we get vision, we often want to tell everyone. When we get excited about something, we want to announce it to the whole world. But even though it's true and pure excitement, this can turn into boasting. But Nehemiah got to the city, didn't really tell, <laughs> didn't tell people why he was there, didn't go and be Mr. Macho Man and come in and try to fix it right away or go to the officials and tell them off or what they were doing wrong. No, he let it sit in. He saw the broken walls for himself. He fueled his vision. It never became boasting. And the urgency that he may have felt in his flesh did not become uncontained. He still allowed for everything to happen in God's timing. And the last part of the scripture, it talks about building a team, getting people on board, but then it also um, gives us our first little bit of opposition that Nehemiah experiences. And this is so relatable to us. Um, one, I just want to point out here, we won't spend a lot of time on it, but uh, Nehemiah is giving vision to the people and they said immediately, let's start rebuilding and their hands were strengthened to do this good work. Um, and this is just such a good lesson for leadership that um, it is in the Lord's will to strengthen your team, to to strengthen their hands in ways that maybe they've never <clears throat> used their talents before. Maybe they are given a gift in the moment. So with leadership, we we can almost become prideful in the way that we lead of, you know, I brought up this person. I, uh, even in our parenting, like, look what I've developed, look how I brought them up. But like, we have to resort all that back to the Lord. We, if, you know, if you're walking through hardship in relationships or leadership or even parenting, um, the reason that their hands were strengthened in this moment is because of the work of the Lord and nothing that Nehemiah did. All Nehemiah did was give them vision. Um, and although that is very important, um, Nehemiah didn't take them to a trade school. He didn't take them or give them lessons in rebuilding of the wall. It had nothing to do with him and everything to do with how the Lord was molding their hearts and the talents that he gave these people in that time. Um, but what I want to end with, because this will um, lead into our third section of Nehemiah, is the very first bout of opposition that Nehemiah and his team get here at the very end of the chapter. We get a little taste of it. It says, um, there were some officials of names that I you know, can't pronounce. And it says, they mocked and despised us and said, what is this you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? I gave them this reply. The God of heavens is the one who will grant us success. We, his servants, will start building, but you have to share. You have no share, right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. I just love the depiction of the opposition that they are experiencing, but even more so, I love Nehemiah's response here. There's so many times, so many things in our life that we will receive opposition towards. If we start a health journey, if we start a business, if we, um, you know, start to become a parent or maybe we enter into a relationship or we find new friends or we start a new, or we go to a new church. Maybe you are starting a new church. I don't know. Um, there are, there is going to be opposition and it is inevitable. There will be opposition that comes your way, but the, the, the most important thing that you do not do is get defensive because if you get defensive, you're showing the other person through your body language that they already have you backed into a wall. Nehemiah did not need to be right in this moment. He did not allow their um, opposition to become his insecurity. No, he knew where his strength was and his strength was in the Lord. And he said that success will not be because of me. Success will be because of the Lord. And that is exactly what we see play out in the rest of Nehemiah. Um, so I want to encourage you with this. If you are walking through a season where 
opposition has come to your, come your way or you are trying to get over certain fears of your life, you're trying to get over that hump of your fear, um, chapter two in Nehemiah is just such an example of how we can overcome that fear, overcome that opposition and respond in a way that is God honoring, but keeps the Lord at the center at the same time. Success is not because of what we do. Success is because of what the Lord does. Failing is not because of what the Lord does. Failing is because of us either walking out those fears um, or not starting at all. So we have to make sure that we are taking ownership in our failures, but giving all credit to the Lord in our successes. And um, I just you know, want to close with this, that fears come with anything. Fears can come with us simply as talking to a person, as simply as applying for a job, and opposition can come our way from those that we may not expect it to come from or from those who we do expect it to come from. But what Nehemiah is doing here is he's persevering through it because everything has been prayed over, everything has been touched on, and everything is dependent on the Lord. When we can remove ourselves from situations as Nehemiah is doing here, it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what our fears are telling us. It doesn't matter what lies are in our head because we are removing ourselves from the situation. Um, you know, businesses, business is hard. Um, <laughs> starting a business has been one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. But what I am so adamant on standing on, you know, it's so easy to get in comparison mode. It's so easy to see where someone else is and ask yourself why you're not there. But what I stand on is that I will not let myself get in the way of what the Lord is trying to do through this business. I may look silly on social media. I may talk funny on this podcast. I may say things that are, that are like, did she just really say that? But I, I really don't care. Like it, I know that the people who are supposed to listen to this podcast or hear this podcast or share this podcast or be shared to like, that is the work of the Lord. It has nothing to do with what I say. Um, the words that I may fumble over, it has nothing to do with that. So I can't be fearful of something that I know the Lord is calling me to. And I want to encourage you to do the same. You know, it's not a perfect story. It's not, it's definitely not perfect actions. But when we can remove ourselves out of these situations where fear may be drowning you or where opposition may be paralyzing you, when we can truly remove ourselves from the equation and just let the Lord take the wheel, that is when big things happen. Um, and I don't think anyone is perfect at this, but when we have this in the back of our mind and can stand on it and stand on not caring um, what negative criticism may come our way, then that is when we truly can give space for the Lord to move. But we, if we are constantly focused on what we, how we appear, our appearance, the design designers that we are wearing, the name brand that we're wearing, if our hair is perfect in pictures, if our bodies look fine in pictures, if, um, the, picture that we post on social media is perfect. If we're doing our job perfectly, what do our coworkers think? What does our bosses think? Am I pleasing our, my boss? Am I, you know, like it is important that we are honorable in our appearance and that we are excellent in the things that we do, but that is so far removed from what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we get so fixated on what people think about us and we remove the chance for people to experience the Lord. So again, if you have not already, please, please, please download our five-day rebuild, which is on my Instagram page. It is on our Iron 31 website. It's tagged in the show notes. Um, there's a link that is a webpage for this episode specifically, and that will take you to the audio recording. That will take you to a link to our resource, which is in our app. 
Um, if you go through Iron 31, the five-day rebuild will actually be emailed to you. Um, so the five-day rebuild, you can get access through email or through our app, either one. Both can be accessed on iron31.com or in the show notes. Um, but again, this five-part series is to help you uncover the broken roots in your life. And just like what's happening in Nehemiah, he is on a mission to rebuild a wall. Iron 31 is on a mission to help women rebuild their foundations and rebuild their foundations in a way that is secure and has the Lord at the center stone. Again, we we have resources for that. The five-day rebuild is a great one, but if you want to dive deeper, we have a 13-section course called Unshackled and it's all about womanhood. The scripture is all geared towards womanhood. If you're a woman in general, I really do truly believe that you can benefit by um, purchasing and investing in this course. And it just teaches you how to go to the Bible in times of need. It teaches you that the Lord is our only healer. There is no book on this planet that can speak to your specific situation except for the Bible. So our goal with the Unshackled program is not for you to hang on to our words, but for our words to heighten the Bible's words and to help you understand what the Bible is saying and how it pertains to your specific situations in your life. So go ahead and check out both of those resources. Unshackled is also tagged in the show notes. It's also on our iron31.com website. If you want to check out more, check out testimonies, what the program is, what it offers, what all the sections are about. I'm very passionate about the program just because I do believe that it is just breathing the Lord's word and it is heightening the power of Jesus. So please, if you haven't already, take a look at that and see if it is a good fit for you. But thank you for listening. Next time we will be covering chapter three in the book of Nehemiah. And it, it we are just going to dive straight in to um, opposition. We're going to dive deeper into the different aspects of the wall, how that relates to Jesus, how we can see Jesus in the rebuilding of this wall and how we can meet Jesus in the book of Nehemiah. So Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us at the table today, sister. If you benefited from today's podcast, the greatest way to give back is by simply sharing with others. The Bible says to be fruitful and multiply. And we believe that we can multiply God's word simply by speaking it. To help us multiply the impact of this podcast, we please ask you to subscribe, share, post, or rate this podcast below to help awaken our world to his word. If you share to your stories, tag at Iron 31 Podcast and post your most impactful takeaway from today. We want to connect with you. Lastly, don't forget to head on over to iron31.com to see what all we offer, such as our newest course, Unshackled, our free Nehemiah devotional, our guides and resources for women, and our free community to experience exclusive content. Thank you for listening, sister, and have the best day ever.